think about how unbelievable this is that this, that, that maybe the world's, I'm, I'm just going to call it the world's most important health database that is national security for the world's most powerful military, that this would be corrupted for five full months without anyone noticing. And we even know that this database was being used as part of the vast work group by the CDC. They didn't notice the military that uses this database for the purpose of knowing troop readiness every day. They didn't notice. Nobody noticed. Huh. Hello and welcome to Make Language Create Again. Today, it is my great joy and pleasure to welcome Matthew Crawford. And I am so, so excited about this interview. I'm looking forward to learning a lot. And it has to do with the DOD medical database. And I'm going to ask you questions like I'm five-year-old. I want to, uh, first of all, I want to say the way I approach it. I approach it primarily as a very curious human being because I'm not a statistician. So I am looking to learn and understand what's going on there because it's, it's, it's fascinating. But first of all, uh, well, welcome, Matthew. I'm, I'm very honored to be interviewing you. Uh, thanks for inviting me on. Uh, I, I've been a, a longtime reader of yours. I, I, I was just saying before uh, we started chatting, uh, yours, I, I think yours was the first Substack that I intentionally subscribed to. I, I, had, I was on some other newsletter previously that a friend uh, subscribed me to that's his in industry newsletter. Uh, but other than that, uh, uh, you're, you're actually how I found Substack, I think. Oh, wow. Thank you. I, as I was saying before we started this interview, I am equally a fan of your work. It's, it's fascinating. And you always have fresh takes, which, which I really, really like. Uh, Thank you. So to start, do you want to say a few words about yourself, your background, what you've been doing before COVID and well, post-2020? <laughs> sure. Uh, my background's always, uh, it, it's unfortunately lengthy to explain because um, I, I've been in some sense uh, an intentional industry hopper. Um, but yeah, I, I sometimes call myself a quantitative generalist. Uh, in college, I did actuarial work, and then I went to um, Wall Street for a number of years. And then uh, for a little over a decade, I built education companies. Um, I helped build one um, that became very large called the Art of Problem Solving. Wow. And um, uh, wrote, uh, you know, wrote about half the classes there and, and some of the textbook line. Um, and that's a that's a program for like, um, you know, gifted um, math students. Um, uh, more recently, I, I got into the, the cryptocurrency arena. But uh, when the pandemic started, I kind of dropped everything. Um, I was going to try to build another education company, but uh, I could tell that things were going crazy. Um, I, I was very skeptical of most everything that was going on from the start because I had watched the uh, September 2019 meltdown of the repo market. I don't know if you're familiar with that incident. Yep. yep. And um, the, the moment I saw that, I thought uh, the world is going to go crazy any moment now because essentially I, I think that, that they played that moment off, but I think that that moment represents that the entire world banking network is no longer independent. That the entire world banking network is essentially dependent on, um, you know, the the combination of the Federal Reserve and the U.S. Treasury. And I felt like, okay, this is the beginning of the end of the dollar economy. So where do we, you know, what's going to happen from here? And so, you know, when uh, when pandemic uh, clownery started getting 
you know, pushed very hard by um, influencers on social media and, and the videos looked kind of odd. I started, you know, paying attention and eventually just dropped everything and said, you know, somebody's got to call out some of this nonsense. I remember actually reading your article about the, uh, about that timeline in the repo market and your change of thinking. So that was, that was very interesting. That's one of my favorite articles of yours. Well, there are many. Let me give you a five-year-old child-like uh, understanding that I have of the issue that we're about to talk about. And so here's how I see it. And please correct me if I'm wrong. I want actually everybody to understand it. I want to make it as simple as possible for myself, selfishly, and then hopefully uh, from there, it'll be easier for other people to understand as well. So we have... DOD medical database that is not public. And there they record various medical activities, including hospitalizations, medical issues, and things like that. So a few months ago, uh, attorney uh, Tom Bryant, who did a lawsuit, he, I mean, he, he's doing a lawsuit, DOD lawsuit that has to do with mandates in the military. So he uh, came up with information where he had whistleblowers, uh, who said, oh my God, the uh, data for various medical problems in 2021 is through the roof. It's so, so, so much more significant than in the years prior, in the few years prior. And then what happened after that, DOD said, oops, we had a glitch in the database. So actually the data for the years preceding, I think it was 2016 through 2019, please correct me if I'm wrong, but so they updated the data and said they had a glitch in the database. And so they increased the data significantly through 2016 through 2019, or even, and then 2021 did not look that bad in comparison anymore. And they said, oh, it was a technical glitch, we missed it. And then somewhere along the lines, you came in with your analysis and you discovered that there's another set of reports also coming from DOD. And they are publicly available, but very, very, very cryptic and hidden, and they did not expect anybody to look there. So you went in, and then you saw the data that actually contradicted everything. So in your opinion, because that data you believe was likely authentic, and they do a yearly update of that data in May. So in May 2021, they did an update. You think they looked at the data in April? and but essentially it was different from everything. It was different from the old version, the new version, the whistleblower. So you think that the DMAT database, the original DOD database, that it was all fake to begin with and you think it's a real scandal. Oh, and somewhere along the lines, there was a server update on the, <laughs> so it was, it was completely convoluted. So now yeah. here's the story how I say it, please correct me. It, it, it's a very serious issue, but it's, all, it's almost funny to hear somebody else say all of this back to me. Because it, to me, you know, looking at this, um, it seems so simple. And then, you know, I hear a summary like that. And there are one or two little things in there that, that I might want to correct. But I hear a summary like that. You, you, did, a, you did a great job. But oh, almost nobody could follow that who didn't already know some about it and know, and, and know what everything was that just got said, right? Um, like, it, there's, there's so much going on that it, it's, it's just... Um, it's a ball of confusion, right? 
That's so, how I feel about it. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, like yeah. I told what I understood, but it's confusing. Yeah, uh, but you, you did a great job. But um, let's let's start at square one. Um, in January, the whistleblowers were running queries in DMED. They were looking for something that said, hey, you know, what we're reporting, like these are several doctors and they're like, you know, we're seeing scary stuff. Oh, sorry. And DMED for the audience, DMED is the original DOD database that the whistleblowers uh, brought out. Yeah, the, it's, it's the Defense Medical Epidemiological Database. Yeah. And uh, it, it's um, a de-identified database, uh, so it doesn't have patient information. But uh, you know, doctors and researchers uh, within the military who who have you know permission to access can can um, you know go in there and and see what rates of illness look like, and and it, it's used primarily more than anything for troop readiness, right? Which is obviously a big national you know uh, national security concern at every point in time, at every minute of every day. Uh, the people running the U.S. military want to know what the level of troop readiness is. And so they use the DMED to tell them, um, you know, how many troops are sick right now or how many have had this illness or that illness. You know, are, are we ready to go to deploy 30,000 troops halfway across the globe? Right. So, um, you know, in January, uh, these whistleblowers, they were looking for confirmation of what they had seen within their own units with their own patients. And um, so they, they ran some queries and these queries showed, you know, rates, uh, rates of illness that were jumping overall a thousand percent, but categorically, you know, like 300% here, 400% there, 500% there, which is a little bit weird because when you think a thousand percent overall, but these, you know, subcategories of several hundred percent, um, you know, for things that we would be worried about, you wonder, well, how did we get to a thousand percent? But um, so I think that they they um, uh, they were asked to present this at the Senator Johnson hearing. Uh, I think they they probably didn't have enough time to you know perfect their their search or figure out exactly what was going on. But then a few days later, the DoD came back in a in a stunningly brief statement and said, um, you know, th there's actually no real increase in rates and illness, this was all due to a glitch in the database, right? And, and it was, this was issued through PolitiFact. <laughs> you know, it sounded very believable. You know, it, it, it's, it's absurd on many levels, but it, it doesn't sound believable. Here's the thing though. I, I think that they were honest when they made that statement. And I'll explain why. I, I think that there was a glitch, but I think it was a glitch in a faked database. And, and, and I'll get to that part. So um, early in February, um, Robert Malone called me and he said, uh, you know, can you take a look at this? Um, you know, he knew I was a, a data person. Um, so I said, okay, sure. Um, you know, so I started working with um, Thomas Rentz and the whistleblowers. And uh, at first I was looking at through all these queries. They just had hundreds and hundreds of queries that they'd run, you know, or, you know, scores and scores, a few hundred and uh, you know, so there's this this mess of data, and I didn't even know how to read the data at first, right? It was, um, you know, it, I, I spent uh, a couple of days just learning how to read the data because you know you've got all these you know ICD-10 codes, which are these medical billing codes that um, you know if you have uh, myocarditis, you get a certain code, mm -hmm. right? Actually, myocarditis is chopped into several codes depending on the type, but um, you know, there's a medical billing code for each for each illness and injury. Uh, and, and then you have to look through the query attributes, 
right? And query attributes can be like the year that you're querying. It can be branch of the military. It can be if you're, you, know, you can divide up a query into sex, like male, female. Um, but, but then it's also things like all occurrence reports and first occurrence reports. And the difference is, um, let's say that you are um, uh, you know, a member of the U.S. Navy and you are in a car accident and you've hurt your leg. Well, you know, maybe you're going to be deployed in about four months and you want to be deployed. Like it's, it's like a shame not to be deployed. It's the opposite of a badge of honor in the military. You don't want anybody to think you're sandbagging. You know, you want to try, right? Um, that, that's your job. And so you go to the doctor like 10 times to have your leg looked at and worked on and, and, and whatnot. And then finally you're cleared. Well, there is one first occurrence report and then there would be 10 all occurrence reports. So in some of these queries, I think that there was an apples to oranges comparison between first occurrence and all occurrence. That, that doesn't describe- Can I ask a best question, basic question to mm -hmm. uh, clarify? So when you were looking at the spreadsheets, they were the spreadsheets that were downloaded by the whistleblowers from the database. And the assumption is that they were comprehensive as in they got all the data for those years. So that's the assumption. Yeah, it, it, and it's a little hard to explain. You can run a query on the entire database or you can run queries on you know, subsets and yeah, you know, categories. And, and, um, and so you know, different queries said different things and you, ha you have to you know, learn how to read the attributes in order to you know, read what, what the information is. Um, can I share my screen? Oh yeah, absolutely. That will probably be very helpful. It, it turns out that the key to the issue um, is not even found in the queries that they were running. You know, uh, the, the DOD came back and said, you know, this is a glitch. And really and truly, the, the, the DOD's numbers after they fixed the glitch in late January, uh, the queries actually look more natural to me. You know, they look like what you would expect from an ordinary year, you know, one year to another when you compare 2021 with 2016 through 2020. And, you know, I was looking for signals, but we wanted to understand rates of illness, especially, you know, we were looking at you know, fertility uh, stuff and, you know, fertility rates of um, fertility problems may be different for a young, healthy population like the military than it is for, you know, a population that studied outside the military. It's also true that, you know, things like rates of spontaneous abortion are completely different if they are studied from day one, you know, like if you're constantly surveilling a population so that, you know, like within the first few days, if a pregnancy has occurred, then you will catch more spontaneous abortions, right? Uh, in fact, like the vast majority of spontaneous abortions happen within the very early portion of pregnancy. So, you know, you read some studies and you'll see things like, you know, 50% rate of spontaneous abortion. You'll read others and they'll say, Nine percent, and so you have to um, you have to match your understanding of what happened in the past with what's going on now. So we wanted uh, reference data, so we went looking for reference data, and uh, a member of my team found um, what are called the medical surveillance monthly reports, and they're publicly available. They're on a website called health.mil. And when we looked at these medical surveillance monthly report, we put all the data in a spreadsheet. And uh, can I share my screen and show this? Yeah. yeah. Um, we, we started taking all this data and putting it in a spreadsheet. And one of the members of my team said, you know, th this data that's supposed to be 2018 was different when it was published in 2019 than when it was published in 2021. 
And I looked, I was like, okay, how different? And it was pretty substantially different. We, and line by line, we could see that they were all different. And so I, I stayed up all night that night. Um, and yeah, this was like February 13th, 14th. I was like, uh, I was like, okay, this is, this is big. You know, this, like whatever happened here, this is probably it. Um, so I stayed up all night going through the entire history of all of these, what these are database snapshots that are reported once a year. Um, so we, you know, we, we put all this stuff in spreadsheets and we're looking at these snapshots every year in May. The May Medical Surveillance Monthly Report has um, historical snapshots of hospitalization and ambulatory reports for major diagnostic categories. And this goes through the majority of reasons why anybody would visit a doctor or a hospital. And so we have these snapshots and we can compare the current data to those snapshots. But what we noticed is that the snapshots, um, they were changing, right? Like, you know, when we look at the data from 2019, um, you know, 2016, 2018, and then we look at it in 2021, 2016, 2018, the numbers are not the same. These are supposed to be snapshots of the database. Now, it, it is possible for data in a database like this to change. But here's, here's what we would see ordinarily in an important data, in really in any database, if something major changes, um, whoever runs that database would have documentation and they would share that documentation with anyone using that database, right? Uh, I, I worked in the actuarial field for two years. And if, if our database you know, changed in some way that changed rates of, of uh, liabilities, then anyone using that database like an actuary would want to understand why that changed so that they can interpret the data correctly. There's nothing like that. There's no asterisk. What you would expect is probably like a 50 page article explaining why everything changed. There's nothing like that. There's no explanation at all. The data just changes. And I went back and looked historically, are there other changes like this? There are not. Changes are typically like 0.1%. And what we see is changes that averaged over every major diagnostic category, average 13.5%. Oh wow! Let me let me ask you another basic question. I'm probably going to ask you about a million of those to like help me understand better. So, this database, the, the reports, the MSMR database, it goes to a different uh, data source than the DMED database. No, this is this is the DMED, and, and I'll ah, explain so later why we know it's interface for for DMED. Right, the MSMR is not a database; it is a publication. Okay. It's like a, a trade magazine in a sense. It's the medical magazine within the military. So then does the change that, let's say the difference between 2019 as it was seen in 2019 and as it was seen in 2021, is the difference similar to the post glitch update of the DMED database as they, as they presented it? The, the glitch is something different entirely. I think that there was a glitch, um, and, and it could be an intentional or an unintentional glitch, but some of the records were not being read by the queries. From the 2016 through 2020 data, uh, I think that that data was not coming up whole. And we can see that by comparing it with these numbers from the um, published snapshots, right? Um, you know, the post-glitch data looks closer to the pre-glitch data to these snapshots, so the DOD, I think that they were being uh, they were being deceptive but honest. 
I think that, yes, there was a glitch, but here's the thing. It's a glitch in a fake database. Uh, I'll show this graph. This is uh, from page two uh, in uh, the MSMR reports. Um, you know, we can see that the rates of illness, these are overall rates of illness. Mm-hmm. We can see that they just change from one report to another. We can focus on that. Those are same years, 2016 through 2018, that are in both of those particular publications. We can see that they just changed. I think somebody went in there and they doctored the data. And I think that they doctored the data in order to hide rising vaccine injuries and illness. And notice that we have like, you know, from 2012 onward, we have a clear downtrend in health events, right? And I think that that's probably the result of bringing home more and more troops from the Middle East or around the world, wherever they're deployed. But we have this downtrend and then suddenly, boom, it gets bumped up as if there's no downtrend, you know, that it's just sort of like bouncing around like noise. But that's not what we see in any of the other health data for the military. We see a downtrend. You know, so there's no explanation as to why this, this data, these rates of illness were bumped up. They've given none whatsoever. And in the meantime, there's been this debate over the glitch. But the glitch was, I think, a glitch on a fake database. That's that's what the evidence strongly suggests to me. Let me let let me ask you, because I, I'm trying to, I'm trying myself to understand the logic. So let's say the data for 2019, as it was seen previously on the left hand side of the slide, do you believe that was accurate or do you believe that that already existed? That was completely random, taken out of the sky, and it was fake. I think that that the the snapshot on the left was a real snapshot. There's no reason for the snapshot on the left to have been anything but the real data. Mm-hmm. It was published in the MSMR, and it was probably looked at by 14 people in the world. <laughs> you know, just a, just a few people within the military. Um, you know, it's a health trade magazine within the military. I, the, on the right, I think that that is. Um, the result of somebody going into the database and changing a bunch of the data and that that the one on the right, I think is fake data. So, but the one on the right, the one on the left. So then are you saying that the one on the left, the numbers that you saw from the reports do not correlate to the whistleblower data. And therefore you think that the whistleblower data is somehow either corrupt or the underlying I mean, I'm just trying to. Yeah, yeah, uh, we're we're comparing the wrong things at this. Point. Like uh, on the left, this is this is from um, you know data from DMED, but we can't look at that anymore because the database, right. you know, the, the old the the real database um, was swapped out for a fake database, or rather, a bunch of records were added to it. So I'm just going to put it that way. I'm just going right. to say, you know, pre-adding records, you know, we have a real database. Post-adding records, we have a fake database. So on the left, you know, we can't query to check against those numbers. But I'll, I'll show you, um, th- th- this next graph is going to be a little bit tough to understand, but I'll try to walk through it. Um, the gray bar, focus on the 2016. It's best to focus on one year to, to understand what these bars are. The gray are the originally published numbers from the medical surveillance monthly reports. Mm-hmm. The red are the numbers as of the 2021 snapshot in the MSMR that I think was um, you know, uh, the faked data. The blue is what we get from queries in DMED after the so-called glitch was fixed. 
So you can see that the blue bars, where, the, where there are blue and red bars, they line up. That's why I say that there was a glitch, but it restored the database to the point of the fake database. So then I have so many questions. I want, I want my inner five-year-old to have complete clarity in simple terms about what happened. So this actually, that is extremely helpful. But I think there's some contention around, uh, well, from every side around the statement, okay, it's a fake database. So let's chronologically qualify that statement. So when you're saying the entire database is fake, do you mean it is fake as of a particular time point? Right. Sometime in the middle of last year, I think that, that all the data was altered. And, and I'll, I'll, you know, let's think through what went on in 2021. Mm -hmm. um, the DOD is a partner with the CDC as part of their vaccine safety technical work for, uh, workforce. They call it VAST, vaccine safety technical. So they're part of this work group. And um, supposedly, then the CDC should have been looking at DMED data throughout examining for you know, safety signals for the vaccines. But here's the thing, the CDC, so far as I can tell, I haven't seen it anywhere, never published any of the DMED data, except for one time, and that was in June of last year, when they finally fessed up to the signals for myocarditis and pericarditis. They have like a little bit of a blip publication that talks about rates of illness seen from the DMED. So that's the only time they use DOD data so far as I've seen. I think, here's what I believe. I believe that there were safety signals in the DMED from essentially from day one, from January, 2021. Um, and it would, take a, it would take me a little while to explain all the reasons I believe that. I've looked at, you know, just tons and tons of data. Um, and, and I think that there are still signals there that even a faked database couldn't hide. Um, but I think that there were signals and they spent several months deciding what to do about it. And I think what they decided to do, since 2021 data was still coming in, it was easier for them to cover up signals by one, not publishing any of the DMED data, two, changing the reference data, the denominators that would be used to suggest changes in rates of illness, right? They made the past history of illness look higher in order to say the current illness isn't a problem. For example, are you referring to things like a number of visits where if somebody visited cardiologist 10 times for an issue, they would count it as 10 occurrences? It, it's, it's not just that. I mean, that, that's, um, that's just one way to measure the number of reports, uh, like the number of ambulatory reports that we're counting. Um, you could measure first occurrence or you could measure all occurrence. Um, but that, that's not it. You know, we can look at, we can, you know, set a baseline. Let's just say, let's look at all occurrences and count up these reports. And that's what we've got, like right here, for instance, for neoplasms, this is, you know, all occurrences. So like, you know, when you see numbers like 120,000, that doesn't mean there were 120,000 people in the military with cancer. It means that there were 120,000 visits to the doctor or 120, you know, right. reports to the doctor. So maybe some tele uh, telemedicine, whatever. Um, uh, so maybe that represents 10,000 cancers uh, out of 1.3 million people. But so yeah, they're, they're manipulating the past data to make the, the current data look better. I'm going to point one thing out real quick. You know, what I said about the red bars meeting uh -huh. the blue bars, 
that happened in every major diagnostic category except one. And this is really interesting. On the left, we see this category. I call them the R codes. Um, that's how they're coded uh, within the ICD-10, which is the medical billing classification system mm -hmm. that, um, that you know, we query from DMED and from a lot of other databases. Uh, it's used all over the you know, um, medical coding field. Um, you can see that the blue bars are suddenly much larger than the red bars, which is to say that queries as of February of this year were showing vastly different numbers, you know, almost a 50% increase then were published in the last snapshot. I think, I think the last snapshot is almost certainly fake, but then the numbers have gone up much more for past data. And let's think about what this code is. The, the, the R codes, this isn't like, you know, nervous system and sense organs. It's not like neoplasms. What, what this R code represents, signs, symptoms, and ill-defined conditions, and uh, the, the technical terminology is like, you know, um, inconclusive laboratory results. So something's wrong, but they don't know what. Bingo. Something's wrong, but they don't know the etiology, the, the, the source of the illness. So vaccine injury. Like if, if, if you were, if you were, if you wanted to pick one bucket to push all those into in order to hide the actual rates of increases, like, you know, maybe some of these are myocarditis, maybe some of these are periocarditis, maybe some of these are, you know, uh, who knows what, you know, nervous system um, dysfunction. But if you put them in here, then you can actually say, we don't see a signal when we look at, you know, uh, birth rates or, or uh, you know, fertility issues or, you know, nervous disorder issues. They, they, can, they can be honest and deceptive at the same time. And so what you can see is the, the blue, the blue uh, bars are what the queries actually show from 2016 through 2020, but every published snapshot, the gray and the red show much, much lower. So I think that, um, that what we see when we look at these reports is that uh, they, they are hiding, you know, probably tens of thousands. You know, you can see these are hundreds of thousands of reports, but like I said, these are all occurrence reports. So these are probably tens of thousands of vaccine illness and injuries. Well, I mean, not surprising given all the previous data and so sad. But let me let me let me get a little technical. So then what you're saying, I'm trying to understand the fundamental difference then between your take and uh, Thomas Reins, because it seems like in both cases, the conclusion is that DOD is lying about the data and the rate of what most likely is vaccine injury is a lot higher than what they're saying. But then the way I understand the difference between the two takes is that, uh, well, you believe that it was majorly faked in May 2021 when they did that the annual snapshot. And yeah, and, it, and that may have actually taken place in June or July. These things are sort of back published. Mm -hmm. Okay, so 2021. And then uh, Thomas Reins believes that it happened later when they announced the glitch. Well, I think he believes what I'm saying now. Okay. But what the what they presented at the Senator Johnson hearing in January was it was basically an argument over data from a fake database, and they didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So, so then, then, then even faked 
then how how did the faked database produce such large increases if that already happened after may when they did may 2021 when they did all the adjustments and tried to massage the data so uh, let, let me paraphrase again to make it clear for myself primarily and then obviously for, for the people listening to that so if you're correct then somewhere between may and july 2021 the people looking at the uh, DOD database said like, oh God, like this doesn't look good. And they massaged the data retroactively for the previous years, for 2016 through 2019 or 20. So they made so that the, the uh, 2021 doesn't look so bad. So at that point, the data was all incorrect. It was fake, according to you. Yeah. So, you know, what they what they were handling in January were queries from a database that was first faked and then corrupted with a glitch. Well, just to be clear, by the way, there's no mortality uh-huh. data in the in DMED. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it doesn't show mortality. Mortality is is data is handled elsewhere, and I have not been able to get a hold of it. Um, but uh, so we don't know about mortality, unfortunately. Um, but you know, like I said, uh, yeah, they're, they're looking at a database that it was twice corrupted, and so you know, they were trying to compare numbers, but it, it just wasn't ever going to be uh, a true comparison. Um, and you know, the, I, you know, I'm sure they didn't know all this. Um, but just purely from the mathematical standpoint, and again, I'm just trying to understand it myself. So, if by the time the whistleblowers were looking at the data. By that time, according to you, it was all completely faked with the purpose of hiding the injuries. So then how were they able to see such a drastic difference between 2021 and previous years if supposedly the whole point of messing it up in 2021 was to hide the difference? Well, I think the first the first faking of the database was to hide the differences. The second was either an accident or it was a trap to set them up to discredit them. And I don't know which, but here's one thing. uh, uh, I've got a slide um, way back in my slideshow. Um, Okay, so Teresa Long, she's one of the whistleblowers, uh, Lieutenant uh, Colonel Teresa Long, she's one of the doctors. She was in court fighting the Navy SEALs mandate in February. And um, first of all, the, the DOD did not even send an expert witness. They refused to have anybody take ownership of the data. But what they did have was a four-page document. It is unsigned. That never happens in the military. You have chain of custody of all information, but it is unsigned. But it declares that there was a corruption, that the glitch was a corruption from August 2021 from a server migration, which would have been right after the publication of the 2021 MSMR, the the May 2021 MSMR. I think that was published almost surely in July. That's what I'm getting from looking at like Wayback Machine results. Um, I I think it was published in July and then boom, suddenly there's a server migration and the data is corrupted. Now, I do think that the data was corrupted, but I don't know if it was intentional or unintentional, but this is how it is that you have, you know, multiple multiple sort of mistakes, you know, faking and then corrupting of the database. And then they get numbers that aren't credible, you know, that, and, and, and they can be attacked on this level. Right. But, uh, you know, the, you know, this is, this is how 
you know, weird this has all been. Um, that uh, nobody in the military is taking responsibility for this, and they're sitting around, you know, unsigned statements about what happened. Wow. Well, I have to say this is this is confusing. I think they intended for it to be. So, but do you think that, for example, and I am just making it up. So, for instance, in May or what I made through July last year, they tried to massage massage the data to make the prior numbers higher than originally, so that it's right. fake. So by that point, let's say August 2021, the data is fake and mostly in the manner that data for 2016 through 2020 is significantly increased, just inflated out of the blue fake. So right. then in August, they have a server migration, but then it seems like that's been undone then through the migration, whether intentionally or not. And so after the server migration, again, the data for previous years is closer to how it was in the original database comparing to how, you know, they faked it post the reports in 2021. Is it right. so far? Am I correct? Am I, am, am I consistent with, I, with how you see that? It, it sounds like you understand it, basically. Um, and, you know, think about think about how unbelievable this is, that this, that the maybe the world's I'm, I'm just going to call it the world's most important health database that is national security for the world's most powerful military that this would be corrupted for five full months without anyone noticing and we even know that this database was being used as part of the vast work group by the cdc they didn't notice the military that uses this database for the purpose of knowing troop readiness every day, they didn't notice. Nobody noticed. Huh. You know, on some level, philosophically, it does not surprise me because I think the standards were tossed in the toilet some years ago <laughs> and the cultural change. Like, honestly, it's almost logical. It's like in the Soviet Union, there was this chaos, especially in the last, last phases where Everybody was stealing. Everybody was just like taking whatever they could for themselves. Nobody cared. The standards were gone. And it's just like complete chaos. And I wonder if that is a part of it. Like there's definitely, there's lots of things that are evil, but there's also this just complete like free for all chaos that is also happening. I so hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I don't believe that there's any possible way that that um, a, this database can be corrupted and for nobody to have noticed for five months. Like I said, you know, troop readiness is, is a number one priority of the military. What, you know, I, I, I talked to some of the members of the military throughout this, the whistleblowers and other members of the military. And they, you know, they, they told me, they explained to me that troop readiness, you know, like you know, part of the dehumanization of the military is, you know, you are second to the machine, right? You're a cog in the machine. Well, troop readiness is constantly measured. A lot of the things that, that troops do when they go about their daily life, they're checking off boxes for the sake of understanding troop readiness, right? Everybody, everybody is constantly evaluated for troop readiness, constantly. Um, when, I, I, when I worked as an actuary um, uh, in college, uh, one of the things that I did was I handled daily and weekly reports. And, um, you know, you know, when you look at like, you know, daily or weekly reports, 
um, there are some things that you, you just eyeball them every day. You eyeball a graph, you eyeball a chart. Uh, and, you know, when you have people who, you know, produce these reports, print them out, package them up, hand them to a commander, um, it, it, it's just not true that nobody is looking at these to know how many troops can we deploy today, right? That's still part of the way the military has to operate, right? Like this would be the, like the military would probably have broken down completely before these reports would be ignored. Well, there are two possibilities. One that making troops not so capable is a goal, which is a philosophical presupposition. I don't know, but I I think we should, we should ask that question. And two, I wonder if there was some kind of, say, new technology deployed as an AI and people, and it wasn't working correctly. And then the people were so entrusted in that new technology that they just stopped paying attention, which is actually also a philosophical possibility. And obviously, I don't know whether that happened or not. Here's one place that we can look to know that, um, that the database was faked and that the the current queries are nonsense. So this is post-glitch. This is post-glitch data. Everything is supposedly corrected at this point. And DMED queries show no increase in the rate of Bell's palsy in 2021. Well, that's not, that's very hard to believe. Yeah, it's very hard to believe. What we should see is, you know, judging from what we see in in external data, we should probably see on the order of 2,000 reports amongst military personnel. The the Ministry of Health in Israel did a survey after boosters. And I can't recall for sure, but I feel like, like, you know, maybe it was one in 500 or almost one in 500 people reported Bell's palsy after their booster shot. There are 1.3 million personnel in the military. You know, um, you know, divide that by 500, that would be 2,600, but maybe maybe the earlier shots didn't have quite as high a rate of Bell's palsy. But I, 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 I calculated this, you know, one day I was like, what, what should we see based on the publications that I've seen from external data? And I came up with a number like 1,900 something. Um, the idea that, that, that this would be, you know, that there would be no change in the rates just, just seems absurd on face. So, yeah, that's an indication um, and then here I made a visual of the R codes that I talked about that might represent, you know, vaccine injury and illness. And the gray bars, what, what was originally, the gray dots were originally published. The red um, were either published or I imputed them from other increased rates. And then the blue are what show up in the queries now, which looks like an upward trend. Interesting thing is that the military did not have a health crisis in 2020. In fact, it was one of the healthiest years in the history of the military. Oh, well, and people might say, oh, it's because they took these precautions, you know, but here's the thing. If those precautions made that much of a difference, that was greater than the risk of from COVID. What that tells us is that the troops are already signing up for that risk, right? That that the risk of COVID is less than the risks that they are signing up for when they join the military. So there was no there was no health risk in 2020. Does, does it include here this this graph? Does it include injuries, as in somebody is deployed and they're killed or they they're wounded? Does uh, yeah yeah if if they're wounded yeah that would be that would be included here. And understand, I don't believe all this this graph right here. This is this is their numbers as of the post glitch. 
I think that that um, you know 2016 through 2020 is all raised up. So I think 2016 through 2020 should be lower down. But say so, if there's an active war and a bunch of people are wounded, that it would impact this graph. So yes, it would. Yes, it would. Yeah, well, we we don't really have wars going on, and in fact, right. what we see um, this is something called reportable events. Uh, mm -hmm. I believe it's 58. Some, it's somewhere around there. It's like 58 different um, types of illness that the military sets these aside and looks at them specifically okay. to understand troop readiness. And you can see that as we were bringing troops home from the Middle East, you know, that you know these reportable events were going down, down, down. Okay, but that's another indication that um, we were in downtrends of illness, which contradicts what we saw earlier in the changed snapshot of the database. So. They changed the ambulatory reports. They didn't change the hospitalization reports. That would be harder to fake. They didn't change the reportable events. They just reportable changed the event as in doctor visits. No, the reportable events are a specific set. Like there are hundreds of thousands of different ICD-10 codes. Reportable events are a small subset of like 58 of them. And these 58, and, and I don't know exactly why they're chosen, but they have been historically used as like a quick gauge of how sick the military is. And we see that the military was on you know, sharp decline in rates of illness according to those reportable events. And this also, this graph comes from that same DOD database. Yes, okay. comes from DMED. DMED, post-change. Yes. Actually, you know, these might've been pre-glitch change, but the glitch didn't seem to affect the uh, reportable events. So far as I saw. All this is so confusing, I have to say, because there's so many possibilities. There's so many possible explanations. Yeah, uh, it, it, there is a lot of confusion. I'm going to show um, one more graph, and then I'm going to go back to the, the easier stuff again. This is rates of hospitalization for COVID-19 cases. Mm -hmm. There were 80, 81,000 cases of COVID in the military in 2020. Mm -hmm. There were around 150,000 in 2021 in a highly vaccinated population. Oh, wow. The cases went up, not down. And people go, oh, well, the vaccines are supposed to reduce the severity of the cases. Well, that's not what we see in the DMED data. Even playing by their rules, using their fake database post-glitch, what we can see is the rates of hospitalization per case went up and up and up throughout the years. More and more people got vaccinated. And in particular, you can see them peak in July. Well, August was the date of the uh, was the final date for the mandates. Well, so people were getting were rushing to get vaccinated in July. And, um, you know, and that's where we see hospitalizations per case peak. Well, but, but uh, if they were faking data, why? Well, I mean, that would, that would be the first the first graph to fake, like the first data points to fake. Well, let's let's remember this is 2021 data. I think that because 2021 data was sort of constantly coming in, they didn't want to fake data every day. So instead of faking the 2021 data, what they did was they faked the 2016 through 2020 data. Right. That way they only have to fake it once, maybe twice, change the numbers. But you know, the, the 2021 data is otherwise, I, I think, completely real. So, but I mean, like the conclusion is. Uh, not very inspiring. It is. We have no idea what's going on with the data. Um, we, we, you know, we can have some ideas. You know, we we can see rate. We can see changes here and there, right? Like, um, 
um, when you have a function change, um, you know, you can still look internally at differences from years to year and, 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 you know, learn some from it. Also, like I said, I think the 2021 data is real. So we can look month to month and we can see certain signals there. And for a lot of illnesses, you know, um, for things like myocarditis, you know, we, we would see signals, you know, starting in January, like right away, you know, monthly rates of myocarditis just up, 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 up. And I still think 2016 through 2020, I think that these are excessively raised up. Also, this is only one form of myocarditis. The other, the other forms, um, the rates rose even faster in January. Um, but, but, you know, we can, we can see certain things, but we can't see everything. The important thing is to, is to note that um, there's every indication, you know, I, I, would, I would bet, you know, as somebody who uh, spent time working on Wall Street, you know, making bets on information, I would bet, <laughs> I would bet heavily that the 2016 through 2020 data was faked. And you think it was faked not uh, when they said it was, when there was an actual glitch, but it was actively intentionally faked prior to that in right. time between right. May and July 2021. And I think the glitch may have been a tripwire to confuse the whole story. That is you know, it, it's so much simpler when you just go back and go, Okay, you know, um, we, we look at the these reports, you know, these you know published snapshots in the the uh, MSMR that we can see every year. You know, we can go look and and you know we have um, you know we put these all in spreadsheets. Um, uh, I'll show you a snapshot of uh, of one of my spreadsheets. You know, we put all these numbers in spreadsheets and looked at the way they change from from year to year. And you know, there, there's no big changes except in in 2021. You know, these were these changes were on average almost 250 times. The average yearly change, and even when we do see little yearly changes that are bigger than you know, microscopic, it's usually just a few reports being moved over a date line. You know, just putting a slightly different date on a few reports. So far as I can tell, um, no indication, no indication of big changes that ever happened otherwise. Um, so the, the simplest thing is to look back and go, okay, we can see the history of these snapshots. Snapshot published every year. Snapshot published every year, and then boom. The new snapshots in the back look different than the old snapshots in the front. Where is it at? So is your research a part of the uh, DOD lawsuit process or like how does it how does it work into or do you encounter issues? I mean, what's happening? What's happening? Well, um, I, I, I don't know exactly how my research has been used exactly. Right. I know that um, Thomas Renz has all, you know, has different lawsuits going on. Um, he told me that there was one going on in a specific place where he had, you know, where where what I found was being used as part of the evidence. I wrote an affidavit uh, that was sent to members of Congress, but it was in the middle of like a hundred something page packet, right? I'm sure that almost nobody read it, um, but it was just a one page statement, right? Saying that I think that the DMED was changed and, and I have no idea who read it or understood it. Probably nobody. <laughs> you know, oh. probably nobody um, even really read it for understanding is is my guess. So um, I, I've started to, you know, contact members of Congress myself. Uh, hopefully they'll get back to me soon. Um, you know, I'm encouraging other people to contact their members of Congress and say, you know, this is this is a major this is, you know, one of the largest frauds in history, if I'm right. And like I said, I would bet heavily on this. I would bet that that somebody with access to this database faked the data, and it's a national security issue, 
It's also a fraud issue, right? If, if we FOIA and we find that there's communication with the CDC, if the CDC knew this, okay, well, we know that the CDC is sort of in bed with pharma, right? Um, a lot of things that the CDC and the FDA do, they share patents, they, they get budget from pharma. Um, if we're looking for a way to tie pharma to fraud in order to remove the liability shield, this seems like one of the places to go because we have a pretty good read on fraud here. So we should be hammering this. Wow, well, for sure. And uh, this is fascinating because the conversation in my ears in the community is mostly about the glitch, that the glitch was faked. But you are bringing a whole other level of fake. Right. I think people, people believe yeah. the glitch was faked because they didn't believe the DOD, right? But what I'm saying is the glitch was real. It, 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 it's clever, right? When you've got two levels of corruption of the data well, for and sure, you can but. fix the second one and say it was a glitch. And, and, you know, the best way to lie is not to lie, right? The best way to deceive people is to tell the truth and, and to not explain it to them and, 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 and realize that this fits every, every action of the DOD, right? This vague statement in PolitiFact that was just a one line. It was a glitch. We fixed it. No other explanation for this health database that's been corrupted for five months, you're not gonna you're not gonna give us any more than that. Like, really? No. Uh, you know that th the CDC was using this data for months without noticing this glitch. Um, it, it's hardly believable, and that's why people don't believe the glitch. But I think the glitch was real. It may have been intentional, may have been unintentional, but I think it was real. the 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 data The data that that um, that was queried prior to the fixing of the glitch. Uh, there are a bunch of things that look wrong about it. And I, I won't go into that in detail, but just, you know, you know, try, uh, hopefully you can trust me as a data person. There's a I lot of reason to look at that data and say, this isn't quite right. Like it doesn't, it doesn't match prior rates of illness and some of it, um, you know, it doesn't match prior rates of illness first and foremost, right? It doesn't match the reference data from the MSMR reports. Uh, from the MSMR reports post fakery. Or pre- um, it, it doesn't match, it doesn't match the MSMR reports, like the MSMR reports, they didn't change, but I mean, like a 13 and a half percent of change, it's huge in health terms, but here's the thing, the, the query DMED data would have come in at a fraction of, of either the left or the right numbers, you know, either snapshot, um, what they were querying in January would have been way down below here. It, it's, it's, it's not believable as the whole data set. And your your theory is that this is that fakery that happened in 2021 is the actual real point of fraud whereas after that it was just things to either deliberately confuse people or an actual genuine technical glitch or maybe somebody was trying to i don't know like i'm thinking maybe there was a brave person who didn't really want to say anything but they wanted to fix it back to showing that i mean who knows no no i, I here I, I think that uh, they, that somebody faked the data and then the server migration, I think this, this was real. This took place. I think the server migration took place to wipe the fingerprints of the crime. That's, that's a good point. Well, right. It, because like I said, the May, 2020, 2021 MSMR was likely published in July. And then boom, suddenly in August, you have a server migration that you can blame any corruption on. And then, and then maybe, maybe it was an accident. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe some boxes weren't checked. So maybe some of the data wasn't showing up in DMED. Or, or maybe it was a trap. Maybe it was a trap to get people to 
you know, to say, hey, you know, we have these numbers that are that are crazy high. And then, you know, when the DOD came, comes back and says, nope, that was a glitch. Um, you've got the one one screen, two films phenomenon where people can just assume their bias, right? The people who were going to see it to say, no, there's nothing wrong with the vaccines are going to go, okay, I believe the DOD. You know, the and, and the DOD's numbers, you know, post-glitch, they do look more like the historical data. Mm-hmm. Or the people who believe that there's large amounts of vaccine injury being hidden were simply not going to believe the, the glitch story. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's a weird trap. It's a weird setup. Neither film is correct. It's, it's all an argument over a fake database. And that's the real story. Yeah, th- this is fascinating. And here we run into the problem that, well, we talked about a little bit before we started doing the actual interview, where it's, it's a very difficult position to be in, where you don't quite hit all the talking points of either side, where you're, well, the way you see the truth is kind of a combination or in the middle or maybe just more nuanced. So you can't just go like rah rah rah. This, but in this case, the, the data that the, the data that you found does show vaccine injury. It does show or likely vaccine injury to be scientifically precise. So it just shows that the fakery happened most likely earlier than the mainstream freedom community story, where it's just like the glitch was not real. So, and like and and, and and like I said, what we need to be doing is foying. And exactly. finding out, you know, one, we 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 need to look at the uh, the the database prior to uh, a bunch of records being added, because then we can see exactly what the safety signals look like. I think I think that th- that this is going to be, um, I mean, I, I I think this is going to be a giant scandal if we can get a hold of that database. I think that we're going to find out that the CDC and the DoD conspired to ignore massive safety signals. Right when we see an average of thirteen and a half percent changes per major diagnostic category, realize these are categories. These are tens of thousands of illnesses. If you have a thirteen and a half percent change, that probably means two percent here, thirteen percent there, fifty-seven percent there, four hundred percent somewhere else. Right? There probably are some very sharp safety signals. They were probably apparent in January of twenty twenty-one, very early on. You know, I wonder. Do you know, is, is there any information as to how they do the data backup? As in, do they do it, say, on tape for posterity because it's actually quite reliable so that it doesn't go where like, oops, so we updated the server, so the old server is gone and burnt and in the trash can and there's just no historical... I data. haven't found that information yet. But, you know, when you think about it this way, this is the world's most important health database the odds that this is not backed up in a way that would survive a nuclear war. I mean, you know, they probably have this in, in, you know, Faraday cages. They, I, there, there's no way in the world that this prior data is not out there. So the, 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 the difficult task is to try to get a hold of this data and see what's what. Right. And good luck to all of us. Yeah. Especially because it's going to be tough to figure out how to get a look at it too, because you know, this will be classified. You know, it, it has to be unclassified in order for anyone outside the military or without security clearance to look at it to begin with. So, you know, what we will need is some sort of independent, 
you know, it, it may take an act of Congress. Um, you know, we, we need some sort of independent force to restore the old database and then take a look at, at what went down. Well, I mean, I applaud your efforts. This is incredibly courageous. And so thank you for doing that. Thank you for putting your heart and soul into that. Well, thanks for, for giving me a forum to talk about it. Uh, it's been <laughs> difficult um, <laughs> on many levels to see this and to you know even have conversations with people about it, uh, especially when people have preconceived ideas of what they decided happened, right? You know, on both sides, like I said, you know, one screen, two films, and if both films are wrong, now you've got a difficult conversation. So oh, thank you. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. And, and again, like I, I'm not a statistician. I have no idea who is right and who is wrong, but I really like your soul approach. So the best know. thing about this is nobody has to trust me because the story is in publicly available data. I've got links on my Substack. People can look up the MSMR reports and they can read for themselves. You know, really, you just have to go through a couple of links. You know, we put the data in spreadsheets, but really, you know, you can just go from one line to another and, you know, I'll, I'll go back since we, since we've talked this through, I'll go back and show this again. You know, people can look for themselves. People can just pull up these reports. There are PDFs that are available at health.mil. People can look up these reports and just look and the numbers for the snapshots of the databases changed. And there is essentially no data professional. I mean, you know, even if some people aren't sure what they're reading, uh, I don't think that there's a data professional in the world who's going to go. No, nope, that's not what we're seeing. You know, if they are, they're they're a pretty they're probably a pretty partisan data professional. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, like, no, this is like you, know, my, you know, uh, I, I don't want anyone to trust me, right? Um, what no, I, I want, trust you. What, I trust. I, I, I know you do. Right, I know, but right, I, yeah. I'm just saying I want this story to be to be clear enough for people that they don't have to use their judgment of me to judge the facts. So once again, uh, thank you so much for, well, for doing this work really and for being brave enough to share it with the world. Is there anything that you want to say before we wrap it up? Like where are you at with that? What your goals are? What are you trying to accomplish this very moment? And where can people find you? Uh, well, people can uh, find my writing at my Substack uh, called Rounding the Earth. Um, what, I, what I want to see happen is for lawyers, uh, maybe multiple groups, maybe some of the action will come from Thomas Rents. Maybe some of it will come from uh, RFK Jr.'s um, uh, circle. Uh, maybe some of it will come from uh, an Aaron Siri. Or, it doesn't matter to me. Um, but what we need right now is for lawyers to have this in their arsenal and to be you know, uh, forcing the information out, uh, filing FOIAs, you know, Freedom of Information Act uh, requests. Um, and when we find out what that what the original database looked like, I think that we will answer broadly the question of how the vaccines are affecting everyone. That's a very, very, very noble and useful goal that hopefully can help all of us. And once again, thank you. I really do admire your courage because I know that this is this goes into the heart of the very, very tricky issue, I can put it mildly. So thank you. Well, thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Anytime. Uh, I, I really admire your work and your soul greatly. And from me, I highly recommend that everybody goes on Matthew's Substack, Rounding the Earth, and checks out what he writes. It's 
it's an amazing range of expertise. So thank you again.